podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Under Pressure podcast. I'm back to start the season off. Well, they did to start the season off last week, but I get the first game to host. I should be hosting a few more this season, I hope. Let's see what happens. Um, we've got today the B team. Because <laughs> I'm not part of the A team anymore. But yeah, we got the, we got the A team with the B host. So, um, Sai, how you doing, bud? He didn't think I was going to him first. That's why I did it, and he's on mute. Look. We just well, have to have so. some... We start the season on you, amazing levels. I thought for sure you'd come to me last. I'm eating pizza. How illustrative of that of Liverpool's performance that Sai starts the season on mute like we did in the first half. And then with a mouthful of food. And he's eating amazing. pizza after doing a nutrition podcast. Like, you know, it's just not, <laughs> not right, in it? Make sure you listen to that on Fatigue Index. Might as well get a plug in as I'm hosting. Um, Darth, how are you doing, bud? You okay? I'm, I'm good, mate. I'm really good. And Rhodesy, not too disappointed with the draw? We'll find out, I'm sure. Well, a bit good with the draw, more the performance, though, which is what we're here for. That's it. Let's talk about the performance. So, guys, how, uh, well, Jesus, where do we start? We start where we normally start, and that's with lineups, Sai. So, I don't think there was much option, really, with the injury, you know, list growing at Anfield. That um, kind of picks itself. Maybe Bobby and Nunes? I, I I think it um, that I was surprised by uh, people don't get before the game that Darth was a little bit already going off about injuries, uh, and then it, it uh, it's kind of it was a self fulfilling prophecy really. Um, but I don't think I'm not sure any of our injured players before this game would have started this game. Jota. I think that it's is the first team for the game. Jota. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. Last year. Maybe Jota. Maybe Jota. But there would have been a hell of a lot more options on the bench. Yeah, 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 100%. But I'm just... Gags is talking about a starting 11. And um, and I think this is pretty much a starting 11. You can Kata. argue Bobby and Jota. Um, no, no chance. Henderson was starting this game 100%. The yeah, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that in some games last season, Cater was first choice. And so was towards the end of the season, as yeah. and there was always mitigation. Anyway, let's not get bogged no, down in this. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's no greater argue, uh, like defender of Navigator. I want Navigator to start every game. My point is, this is a fully justifiable first team. This isn't an injury induced selection. No. Oh, so you, 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 yeah, you're saying that's what the team is, and there is, you know, maybe you don't even think Nunes could have started. But it wasn't down to injury, is my point. Oh, no, 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 no. We weren't. The, the, this is the team that Klopp selected. It wasn't due to uh, injuries. It was the team he would have selected 
maybe one argument. But but this is this is not just a good enough team to start the season. This is a team that's won leagues. It's a, it's a, this is a proper team. Um, and I was very excited to start the game. Um, I, watching watching them, I, I I think from from a Fulham perspective, because we have to look at uh, the opposition too. Um, that them dropping, they dropped two players, new players in um, uh, uh, from their championship winning side. Uh, Pereira came in to replace our uh, their best player, our lad Carvalho, um, and they had a lad at the back start. I uh, know Paulinha in midfield started for them, who I thought was all right. Um, but they were like fairly well rehearsed at the thing they did, and for I think it's the fourth season in a row we got the um, the champions, uh, the promoted yeah. champions in the first game, and this is the first three, four, five games of the season is where they're they're doing the things that they're that they re- that they've that they got them champ to be champions in the first place, and they've yet to suffer the. Um, the dip where they start to struggle uh, and and it's, it gets easier to beat those lads towards the middle of the season. Um, and right, the first game of the season, it was unlucky to get them and they were properly up for it. They did this specific thing tactically that they set up to do and they did it well and we didn't. And that's generally what happened. And the game plans from Liverpool then? We just did, That's it? We just didn't do it? Well, no, I I think we didn't start very well. I, if, if we're going to talk specifically about the tactics stuff, I think that the um, my my guess is we expected it to be a little bit easier than it was. We weren't fully engaged and switched switched on and and with a heightened sense yeah. of arousal. Mm. Um, and I, I, they were fully at it, and it surprised when we were trying to knock the ball around at the back. Um, if you look at the first uh, five minutes of the game, that the, they had the highest of pressers and uh, we, we were just managing to get out of their press, but the ball was getting lost. So there was uh, yeah, there, were 20, there were 22 transitions in the first five minutes and yeah. like they, they were losing the ball. They were making us lose the ball. Then they were losing the ball. They were making us lose the ball. Um, it was it, yeah, it was basketball but it wasn't basketball end to end it was just basketball in the middle of the pitch there's so many aerial duels in the first five minutes well first first 20 minutes the ball was in the air so much and it was just from their incessant pressure and we i think we're trying to figure out this new evolution of the bloody right side at eight again as as seems to be our main source of evolution every season um and if you watch we dropped into a double pivot in midfield every time we had possession and um and we're doing this fancy thing where the where the fullbacks invert to because we have to copy city um and henderson was released as the 10 and we kind of we kind of did a little bit of this towards the end of last season with Naby, but not really. Not not as as very obviously. As soon as we got possession, Henderson ran fifteen yards ahead of Fabinho and Thiago, and both took round. So they were they were playing as a box with the two uh, two centre backs, and it played directly into um, Fulham's hands in that they played five. They played a box with um, Mitrovic pressing. So they made sure that Fabinho was pass was blocked off, and then the blo- the pass into Thiago was blocked off. So so our our strike uh, our defenders had nowhere to go with their passes. I agree, I completely agree with that. 
Yeah, and I don't think the the role suited Hendo either. But we can talk about that in a bit. Also, um, uh, Gags, to just touch on, this would have been a really good game to analyse Fulham's pressing, wasn't it? You know, like we did with the United one last season. Yeah, Which, I thought they, I know, thought they, they, got, they got they got Trent early on, and then yeah. obviously we just. I think then after that though, we made a lot of mistakes without presses as well. But we can we can talk about those later. Um, so we'll stick with you, Rodzi, the the match summary, mate. Yeah, what an interesting match summary this one is. Um, considering how bad the performance was, um, 11 shots to 9 in our favour, which is pretty poor against a promoted side. Um, three shots on target each and nine shots to seven in the box, again in our favour. But four big chances to one. Um, obviously, we removed their penalty, so the non-penalty XG turned out at 2.1 to 0.5, again in our favour. That's massive, 1.6 difference. Um, shot quality of ours was nearly 20% and theirs was 6%. So considering how bad we were and how good they were, they didn't create much. Their only big chance was the penalty. But I think the key for this is the uh, is when our chances came. Because after 59 minutes, we had 0.1 xG. So after Nunes came on, we created 2 point, uh, 1 point, yeah, um, 2xG, which is huge. And on understat, it's even more than that. Um, it's nearly 2.4xG on understat. Which 2.4xG after an hour is a... I don't think we've ever done that much. So it's such an interesting counter to how bad the performance was. The stats line looks really good. Um, and it's hard to suggest that we would shouldn't have won... When you have four big chances, but obviously we're going to come on to the the intricacies of the chances and whether they were um, vital or not. And, I've, and we did hit the post twice, but I had a couple of lucky deflections for a couple of the chances and the goal. Um, and Fulham also hit the inside of the post and could have gone two 0 up there. So after an hour, we could have been two 0 down. But then once Nunes came on, it was a different game. Yeah. Completely agree with that, and I think what you said there uh, when you broke out, when you broke down the XG and you split it over periods, we're going to do that now. So let's discuss the game up to the subs. So we normally do first half, second half sometimes, but let's do it all the way up until the fiftieth minute, I suppose. So you know, Darth, good point, good good part to bring you in here. Yeah. Um, this was this was um, not a good. First half, first 50 minutes of a Premier League season for Liverpool. Probably one of the worst ones we've seen since um, West Brom. Yeah, back, back at back in Rogers' first game. Well, it, it, this was it. It was it was pretty it was pretty grim. And um, we hadn't. What I was going to say was, um, you know, you mentioned the question that you know could Darwin have started? Um, um, Simon made a brilliant observation on this last year, this pod last season, where where, the, where there was a choice. Between two players, Klopp will always pick the most experienced individual. That's just that's just this kind of is one of his default modes he goes to. Um, so in that respect, it didn't surprise me that Firmino was given a nod. And I think if Jota was fit, Jota would definitely have started. Definitely. Um, however, he, Bobby now is not the same as Bobby. You know, two two three years ago, four years ago was his peak probably, but. Even when we used to play that way, and and the the four three three, the classic four three three gags, we did plenty of games where we came up against low block defenses and we were ineffective. And um, that that 
false nine role with Salah and Mane, even then in some, you know in some games when the opposition played a good you know a good solid defense compact and stuff, we we, we struggled, didn't we, guys? We've, we've we've seen plenty of these games. Yeah, we've seen loads of them, and I think they I think this manager's played us before as well. Yes, so he knows he knows <clears throat> you know he's been. He's yeah, been successful. He's been successful against us before as well. So he did. He had, he had a good record. He had a decent he record. Made he, sure, in the early days, yeah. he yeah. made sure the keeper was kicking it out. If you go and have a look at their pass map yeah. on any of the apps that provide the pass maps, there's very little passing going on outside their box. Very little. It's going. It's the. It's from their box. Yeah. Mainly and maybe a little bit towards the right or left hand side, but otherwise they are they are just going long. So so that point about Bobby. Um, earlier, he's literally got no use because his game is press, right? Yeah. His game is to is to get and he and he, and he was successful for one, but it went to Hendo, and he basically just played it to them back to them. Yeah. We had like four players attacking against three or against two, and we messed it up. But that literally that was the only thing Bobby did that was positive in the whole half. And so when the, when when the opposition is going to be playing like this. Uh, you know, we should have expected it. That's a, that was a bit loose, I think, from from Pep and Klopp this time. Yeah, because they should remember, have expected this from from him. Remember, he played him before. When right? when Jota plays the four three three in the middle, he doesn't play it like Bobby does. He doesn't drop off into you know he he becomes the focal point. So yeah. we we still have even when Jota plays it, we typically have a centre forwards in the four three three rather than Bobby dropping behind the two wide players. And so you know that would have that would have provided Fulham different. And then um, if you've got two challenges. false nines or two tens and the other one is Hendo next to Bobby, yeah. it just just didn't work, mate. No. I mean, yeah, you can, we, we need to talk about Hendo's distribution and where he's passing and the type of passing he can make, you know, at some point. On, you know, I'll, I'll probably leave that to side. But, you know, not as the second most central creative attacking player. No, I, guess, I don't think he's ever been that player, has he? You know, not in you, my mind. You effectively, you, you mind. effectively had where you look at his where he received the ball. He was in his in his touches were, in the first half. We're in the position of a ten, but he's not a ten. No, it's like a shoehorning of a player yeah. into a position that doesn't suit them. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think this I think this question to be said. Did did we get it wrong? Did did go in the default four three three with the false nine? Was that the wrong tool for the job? That's all I'd say. Well, Klopp, Klopp himself said it. I'm not, and this was quotes after the game, and he was pretty strong in terms of um, his suggestions. But he said, I'm not exactly sure what I did wrong in the last week, but between City and today, something happened, and we play this kind of game. We better not do that again. It's brutal. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's obviously the hairdryer coming out. That's good. He's, right. he's playing himself, but also going, What were you doing, lads? What? There was nothing. For the first hour in particular. Yeah, I mean, you you can you can talk about the intensity, but there was a lot of talk about we weren't at it in terms of the physical battle and the intensity in the first half. I mean, guys, you 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 collected it. What did you think? I mean, no, the, 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 the pattern was there. The pattern was hot at the start. Yeah, but dude, it's all in our own half. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there was nothing to press. You know, like we always talk about opportunities. No. There was no opportunity in any yeah, yeah, sure. Position I mean, but I mean, I, I we... guess being general, the intensity of the team. There was a lot of criticism. Oh yeah, yeah, we were yeah, like, the there was loads of group presses, and there was loads of success from group presses as well. It was mm. not, not an issue, but it, it, 
it's got to be in the right places, right? They played it. They were pressed in the places. I think Sai nailed it at the start where he was like, you know, we were winning the ball back, but then we were giving it away. And then they were pressing high as well. And our boys didn't expect it. People like Trent were getting a bit, bit frazzled at the start, giving it away in really stupid areas. And that mm. puts us under the pressure. That gives their crowd a lift. All of it matters at the end of the day. All of it goes with... With, with the flow of the game. Once they're up, they've got that little bit of extra confidence. They're going to put extra more, even more in. And then that that other player they had, Paulinho, whatever his name is, he was all over Bobby. Yeah. That was really good from them. But, but the, Bob the was giving the ball Bob... away so badly as well, dude. There was, we just couldn't keep it. If you've got most... two players that are trying to run your game, one minute, sorry, Darth. Yeah. If you've got two players that are being in nines and they're supposed to connect it all together and they're giving the ball away yeah. at every opportunity, and that's Bobby and Hendo, by the way. That's you, you're you're not going to get anywhere, and that's why in that half, Salah was non-existent, non-existent. You can't have that happen in a Premier League game, in any game. Uh, he we woke up as soon as, and we'll get to Salah in the second half, and you'll know why he woke up. Yeah, just before we move on, though, because I think the most damning thing for Bobby was that Andreas Pereira, who who is not a, 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 that good a player basically looked like peak Bobby from five years ago. He was he was he was outstanding in the press in and he constantly got in behind Fabinho and Tiago and he causes no end of problems. He and he's a really basic limited player, isn't he, Gags? And you know, but Bobby in comparison to Pereira was 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 a shadow, wasn't he? I don't want to keep saying stuff but look because I feel bad, but at the end of the day you had two midfielders and in the end Tiago was awful in this game like so, and they're completely, both I, I didn't think I actually rewatched it and I thought Fab was just bypassed because he had so much to cover mm. you know remember the Arsenal game back in the day where everybody said Fab was shit literally he played <laughs> one bad pass in this yeah. game Fab, right and everybody yeah. has jumped on him because he got subbed but I think they just needed the ball more and, and literally he didn't get the ball they didn't yeah. pass it to him he was all the pl- passing lanes that Sai said were blocked off Fulham did a great job, but we had two midfielders and one. Thiago probably had his worst game in a red shirt. His yeah. worst. He was standing on the ball at fucking kickoffs. It was terrible. It was like, what are you doing? He couldn't pass. He couldn't yeah. do anything right. You know, and that's not Thiago. We love Thiago, dude. Like, we're not yeah. shitting on someone for no reason. But the point is, if there's two of them, because one was on walkies up the pitch, giving the ball away, yeah. and then there's two behind, and they have to cover, like Sai said as well. Just it was just a mess. The whole system was a mess, yeah, and I, so. I can't I can't have Fab. I, I'm 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 not saying that because I love him and I do. His pressing is way down. Like on last two years, year and a half, Fab's pressing is way down. Like really low in comparison to levels before that. The two years before, I don't know whether that's a switch in 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 Klopp's tactics, but. Fab isn't doing what he used to do from a pressing perspective. So that's it... one, one, one of my gripes with him. But otherwise, I didn't think he was that bad. I thought he was bypassed and I thought he had to cover loads of ground and the ball was just going round him. Simple. Really is simple. It because, uh, is it because, like Sean mentions there in the chat, is it because the two in front of him, or maybe the five in front of him, aren't, aren't doing the job properly? And so he's exposed more, and then obviously pressing because he's aggressive. He yes, he's transition made to, look, made. He's made to look exposed because he's on his own with a lot of space. How many times did we give the ball away in stupid areas? 
the flipping yeah. penalties given away by a stupid pass as well. Like yeah. it's there. This game is literally 2016-17 Liverpool, where we just constantly lost the ball in 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 transition, and then we were punished. Well, we didn't really get punished in this, game, but you know what I mean. We were we were backtracking, so we look we look shit. Well, the good so news is, is that Sai's got his the Sai's got his possession control stats already for this for this for the match as he always does. I mean, and I think it's the best. It's the best. We should, we should probably remind ourselves of what what the possession control is. Sai, what was just, what, what was Bobby's possession control Sai for this first half? First of all, what is it Sai? How do you collect it? Oh, possession control is uh, basically the number of times you col- you win the ball. You so recoveries, aerials. Ta- um, interceptions, tackles, mm. um, any of that uh, against the number of times you lose possession. So whether you get past two, um, so if so, however you manage to get possession, however you lose the number of times you lose. So it, it can even be a, a an off um, an off target shot um, or a, uh, a missed control, um, a loss of possession, or a missed pass. Um, so it's what you it's basically the 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 quantity and quality of the thing you do with the ball uh, in retaining possession for the team. Um, and Bobby had in his fifty minutes on the pitch, um, he had uh, minus nine. Um, so he lost the ball nine times um, more than he won it for Liverpool, um, uh, which is that like that's a in fifty minutes that's. Uh, what generally what uh, uh, Mo is doing um, when he's a, threading passes through the final third, and in return, that's that's something you you hope for. Um, no, that's something you're willing to exchange basically um, for a really high XG chain or expected threat, as we will put it uh, these yeah. days. And and Bobby's XG chain was point zero two. Uh, which is literally the lowest outfield player in the team. So he he was giving the ball away in the middle of the park with no upside. There was the 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 reward the reward just didn't exist, and there was significant risk. But it wasn't just Bobby. But it, it was. It, do you know that I went through this data and this game Fulham had. Um, Fulham intercepted 6.9% of all our passes, which is the highest percentage of uh, any opposition against Liverpool for two and a half years. Wow, great stat. We just get the ball away all the time. They forced us down the middle. If you look at the number of... I, I, I'm not on board with uh, stat zones, uh, stats bombs switches because the, they were bullshit. They're just not true anywhere near um, the... The number of, uh, I think they had 39 switches of play in this game. Um, and um, it's just, it, it, it doesn't match up to what I was, what I was seeing or Opta's data. Um, so yeah, I don't know just on that one side. Definition. No, no, no. Yeah. It has, it, it doesn't have to be the full width of the pitch. It only has to be 30, 30 meters lateral one way or the other. Or the other to be right. Well. So, so Opta Opta have eight in this, and we're we're typically around between sixteen and twenty-one um, attempted switches a game, and we just so basically, Fulham tactically stacked the box is how we would say it, uh, say it in a in, in a game perspective. They created a box in the middle of the pitch, which was um, the the width of the penalty area, 
they created a tunnel and we didn't go round that tunnel at all. We just allowed them to play right in between the two penalty areas. So we condensed the pitch by 30 metres, ostensibly. So they had 10 players blocked 30 metres. So instead of dropping off to the edge of the box, which is what Burnley would do, or any of the, the old English Glock defend, uh, um, coaches, was to proceed up the pitch and then block it off. What they did was, they just basically, it was like um, uh, syringe. They just they just created this tube and then they just they just moved forward to us which just condensed the space even further and we tried to punch the ball through them and they just get picking it off. Really yeah, good. it was it was really a shock. It, it was a shock that we were so you know, we lacked that press resistance. It was just a shock. I, I don't we, even it wasn't it wasn't just the press resistance that it was it was the problem solving the thing it, the thing that will make Klopp most crazy is that the, those people on the pitch who were supposed to be, there are leaders all over our pitch, but the, supposed, the, the thing that sets Liverpool apart is that they're cerebral footballers as well as being really um, intense, physical goliaths, right? So, so they will run you into the ground, but we also can beat you because we are smarter than you. If you set us a tactical problem, we will figure a way of solving it. And it was, and and the thing is that it's like we started the game with a hammer in our hand, and every tactical problem we see, we turn into a nail. Because we got a hammer, we just try and try to whack it like it was a nail when they weren't presenting a nail, and we never managed to 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 switch. Even at halftime, a little bit the way we played, and until until Harvey came on. With his own little pocket knife, Swiss Army knife. Sorry, two good switches in the first half both led to something good. We managed to get through because we, but we were doing the same thing over and over again, and we didn't switch. And and the way you move this this syringe, this tunnel, you have to move it laterally, side to side. And we tried two switches, and we got in and made two chances both both times. It was insane that we didn't carry on doing that. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Definitely a, a mental issue more than a physical one. Just, sorry. just uh, another stat while we're going. Sorry, Darth. Another stat while we're banging stats on. We had more recoveries in this game than anybody else in the league all weekend. So <laughs> it wasn't down to our intensity. No, no, not at all. Yeah, uh, interesting, though. That's counterintuitive to watching it. No, no, when you, no. If you collected it, you wouldn't have thought that though. Because they did press enough. I mean, the, the, the 125 odd presses off of what little passes yeah. they made is a, is a lot, you know. Yeah. But so you do break it up, and there was, like I said, a lot of possession wins there as well. So it, at the end of the day, we got the ball back a lot. It's what we did with it. What did we do with it? Until 50 minutes, we had two excellent pieces, like I said. It's it was there was so much opportunity, mate, to try, but we just had a weird. Really weird. They went blank. They so must... can, can I guess, just, just, just say, I thought it was really interesting what you said there, Sai. So, so basically, maybe we misread Fulham's game plan before the match. We weren't really well versed on what Fulham were going to do. And then once the game started, we didn't adapt at all until one of our players picked up an injury and we were forced to change, basically. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm, I'm fairly sure that's exactly what happened. 
Um, if you like the, one of the extreme stats in this game, so that that uh, the interception stat like jumped out at me. The second one is Mitrovic had fifty touches from a team that had three hundred and fifty four touches in the game. Their centre forward got fifty touches. The thing that they were doing, they, they were basically emptying straight to him. And at no point did either of our centre-backs say, right, I'll just go and mark him. We still carried on doing the thing we do zonally. He was wandering all over like but Basically, he was playing like Bobby. He was dropping in into holes all the time. And because of the, the change throughout midfield. So when we have possession, we dropped into a double pivot. And when we didn't, we... Um, we pressed how we would with an, with eights either side with um, with Fab theoretically dropping deeper, but because the ball was going in the air all the time, um, it was it was working as a screen, uh, right right on the toes of, of the centre backs, which just allowed always a little bit of space either behind both eights, and he was just dropping in there all the time. He had so much space. I've never seen a centre forward. Well, sorry, I'm not not that I've never, but I've not seen a centre forward dominate possession of the opposition from how how little possession they had with the quality that he has. It was like watching Shearer. It was it was it blew my mind. And and at no point did either of our lads, who were both easily physically as dominant as him, they could have just gone and had a fight with him. Neither of them stepped out to do it. The only midfielder that pressed him as well was Hendo, which is which is the weird thing. Like, but I don't want either of them pressing him. I, I want the centre back to go with him. They did. The, pre- the centre backs pressed him. Yeah, seven yeah, times out of the twelve. Just, yeah. just to evidence what um, Sai said there, um, Mitrovic um, was involved in fourteen aerial duels. He won eleven out of fourteen. But Joel Matip was zero out of four in the match, and Van Dijk was three out of three. Van Dijk didn't get involved with Mitrovic enough. Like you said, he, he, Mitrovic was almost like bossing our other players who weren't Van Dijk and Matip so much. You know, so in this. It's it's a fair point. You know, was the, you know, did, we don't break the zonal pattern, do we? Side at the back to to make exceptions for anybody. Nope, that's it. You, that's your side. Canate this is my side. You attack. Canate my would have bossed him. Canate would have bossed him. Anyway, um, so fifty. Anything else before we go to the? Yeah, yeah. I just want to say the thing that really annoyed me when I was doing the analysis and watching the, the extended highlights back gags was the way that um, we made three. Championship players in Tete, Cabano, and Harrison Reed look like you know Brazil nineteen seventy, not far off anyway, because they, they, I, I just don't understand how they were allowed to dominate. That they that they were really. If you look at the average positions of all three players, they're all the right winger is extremely high, continually behind in Robertson, and the, and the right backs average touches are really advanced in the field. But we couldn't impose our game on them enough to exploit that. That the, the the risk that the Fulham were taking on on their right, and, and I just don't understand why our left side was so what's the word I'm guessing? Guess passive. I don't know, ineffective. What it it just did you see something that Fulham were doing, guys? That would would made uh, you know Diaz and Robbo basically they they pushed us back, and we could never get on the front foot. Uh, it was like it was just weird. We did it a couple of times first half, like I said. And then after that, it was we just didn't try until until in the second half where we started playing some balls from that right channel into the towards the central areas. I mean, Diaz was quiet second half as well, wasn't he? Mm. Uh, he, he, he? I mean, apart from the shot he had when he came when he, he when he came into the box, literally, we it's like we've stopped playing 
down the left hand side or something. It was it was really weird. But he, you know, do you remember that game against Villarreal where we couldn't get any foothold in the game at all, and then Diaz basically comes on and he basically just goes and bombs basically left you know down the left wing towards the corner flag against their right back and pushes the pushes Villarreal back and and and, and lets us get established in the match. And you know, it's, I just this this game was crying out for us to do something similar. Probably, I thought you know didn't have his best game either, mate. To be no. Honest. No, and Thiago was, as we said, was off colour as well. And you know, on the left centre. I, I think you're all being really harsh about Thiago. I just, I just don't see how he was terrible. Okay. What, what about the, what about the left? Terrible. What about the left side side? Did you see any? I, I, so I thought, I thought, I thought that they were brave in how high they kept Cabano. All yes. Right? So, so what that did was it fucked with uh, Robbo's like, timing of when to be aggressive and when not to. In, in. Um, also, like there's because there's there's like a, a lack of synchronicity right now on on that left hand side because um, Diaz is still a street baller and his best game for us I I think were when he came on and he was made to go and play left wing and now he's playing like Mane so uh, you look at his his touches were nearly all in like zone thirteen and the edge of zone fourteen. They were all like uh, their left half space, and even towards the middle, him and Bobby were just playing interchanging on the on the left side of the center of the goal, and there was nobody out wide other than Ro- the occasional. I think four times maybe Robbo Robbo went out there, and they the, they wanted us right in the middle, and he kept going right in the middle all the time and if he'd have stayed he, I hate Jermaine Genius because he's a prick but he, he, he made one salient point about um, about the width of the wingers he didn't he was wrong about Salah because Salah played wide the whole game until until um, the well until the good bits of the second half where he came in a little bit but like Diaz he was, he was just I he feels 15 metres too narrow to the goal and I wonder if it's part of the thing we talked about you know um pre-season with Diaz in that he's he's this phenomenal street baller. He can do amazing stuff off the cuff. And if you leave him alone, he'll get 10 goals that are brilliant. That might be game changers in the game. But the thing he's missing is the tactical understanding of where he should be at what time and when to make uh, when to make tactical runs. Yeah. And so one of the things he doesn't get is easy chances in the box. Yeah. Um, because he's just in the slightly the wrong position because he's waiting for the ball instead of instead of dominating without the ball. Instead of anticipating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's just not his game. And I wonder if he's been tasked with this this specific um, like role, a reduced version. Do you, like we've done this before with lots of players where they've come in. We've given them a rever- a condensed version of the thing that we're going to expand tactically into. And I wonder if that, if part of this condensed role of being Mane is to stay in in a ten meter channel instead of going all uh, going wide and and um, and stretching their fullback, is to stay there because if he's if he is within this condensed channel, he is much closer to the goal where for making the runs off the uh, centre back and for when so he can be a finisher because we need our wide players to be finishers and if we allow him to be the street baller on on the line then he had he has to have darwin inside him because bobby won't be in the goal either so i wonder if it's a function of that rather than anything he's doing wrong i think it maybe they've just limited limited his role until he until he he learns it well enough to expand and what we were missing was robbo going past him and he couldn't because because 
Compembe or whatever his name is, um, was Cabano. There you go. Uh, Cabano was was staying so high, so it limited Robbo coming forward. I mean, I guess I'll just to wrap this bit up, guys. I guess the other thing is is that other opposition teams now have enough video of Diaz at Liverpool to know. So the shock factor there from his first few months is no longer there. So they are going to adapt to him and play him differently. Yeah, there's 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 a lot a lot to learn, you know, with Diaz. Still, it's still fresh, still new. Um, and he's got to get used to playing down that side with the other boys, you know. So it's just this, I think it all came to a head in this one. Everything. Um, anything I, else? But do you not think? Do you not think it was really positive though that when Darwin came on, it changed? Oh yeah, let, let's go there now. Let's go there. This is that's it. Kick it off. So it was. It was amazing. It was literally immediate as well. But but I wasn't talking in the grand scheme of the game. I'm just talking from Diaz's role because because now you had a different focal point. He didn't have to be the lad that was furthest up the pitch, the one that was running behind. He had a different one. So now he could be a connector. It's much closer to his natural street ball. You know, he could he could be deeper. He could be a guy that's going to connect and run run at defenders rather than do the stuff off the ball that he has to learn. So it just I I, I think. Just literally the function of Diaz, of Darwin being on the team, it makes Diaz better. It makes Diaz feel better. And that's why we probably need to start him soon, just to see what we get out of all three up top. Because you say Diaz, Mo just looks an animal when Diaz when when Darwin's on the pitch. He looks like an animal. I don't think I've ever seen him. Like we've seen Mo, but this is a different version of Mo. Like it excites me even more. When he's got someone to play off of, I think it's you think, just you think how much you think how much Nunes stretches the pitch and how much space that creates, and also how many players he occupies. It's almost like Mo's wet dream, isn't it? You know, to have a player like that. There. <laughs> it is. It is. He just seems so much more on it. He seems alive, and then then you add someone like Elliot into the midfield as that connector on the right side, and all of a sudden things just look like they're pinging the ball about with each other, you know, with Trent as well. It's, it's just much more fluid. It just felt much more, there was a click. And then with the option of Darwin in there, you've got Trent trying to cross field to him and there's a, there's a target now making things happen. Yeah. Darwin gets a bit lucky with a lot of things, but you make yourself sometimes that luck. And I think you panic defenders and then you get lucky with those little bubbles and shit, don't you? Cause it's panic stations. I mean, one of the things that we did say on the, on the, on the, the, the Nunes signing pod, which um, me and Rosie inside it as it was with Bart's, is that you know it does give the option of playing the ten. And one of the I think the second player we picked for the options for the ten was Salah. So we basically get Salah centrally in, in behind Darwin, and um, I, so I was very excited by that prospect. That's for sure. Uh, they were right. It's happening. He he ends up right next to him sometimes, like the goal. Yeah. It's, literally, is going to happen. And that's what happens when Elliot comes on because he can then shift into that right side. Well, Elliot played very wide, didn't he? A lot of it, yeah. Yeah, it's just connecting. They're just connecting, doing triangles in the corners. You know, it just was like, like I said, it just makes the team just look completely different. Had that, had that mistake not been made by Matip with the pass, this game was going to be one three four one. I, you know, honestly, they were so up against it at that point, Fulham. Let's go to the goal. You know, let's go to let's go to a couple of chances before the goal, Rhodesy. I think. Yeah. We can discuss the Mitrovic first goal. I think I think we should. Maybe yeah. 
start there and then move on to the others. But I think it's crucial to analyse that one because um, Trent came in for a lot of criticism, didn't he, for that? And uh, I think in the emotion of the game, I, I, I was critical. But in the cold light of day, watching it back, it's just absolute quality striking, isn't it? He's, Trent does try and jump, and I think Dave mentioned this on the Raw podcast. You can't jump if a six foot two, fourteen stone striker has jumped before you and timed it perfectly. Um, I saw a few Liverpool fans saying uh, it's a foul on Trent. Or it's just not, is it? It's just really good. Anticipation. It's a great cross. I think the foul was on Hendo, mate. Further up. Yeah, that's absolutely a foul. Mitrovic must have scored about fifteen goals like that in the championship yeah. last year. The cross is unbelievable that, as well, right? Yeah, really good. Can't you got to stop that cross? You got to when you know Mitrovic is in it. You got to stop that cross. It just it it, 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 it is it's, it's nearly all nonsense because there's just a narrative that Trent can't defend out, outside a Liverpool fan and therefore anything that feeds that narrative is is consumed so that's all it is we just have to accept it even though mm. even though we know it's nonsense because I'm not, I'm not going to blame Trent for not winning a duel against <laughs> a bona fide centre forward yeah and I I was critical was watching it but I think when you like Rod you say when you look back he's got the charge on him as well you know that's that's that that Someone running like that at you, you, ain't, you, you haven't got a chance. You haven't got a chance. Unless you're sprinting to it yourself as well. But I think could you don't I, expect the Allison ball to be that perfect better. sometimes. Could Alisson have done better? Because it went in at his near post just above his hand. And it seems like it, it, it didn't quite extend himself enough to prevent that. But I don't know. I, don't, I think I'm being harsh there. Anyone? <laughs> Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> so um... Ali, Ali could have saved it. He, 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 it's not a, it's not a goal he should have saved, but Ali could have saved it. It's a point, yeah. point two, yeah. point two post shot. It's not yeah. like the greatest in the world, and but he's got to cover the whole goal as he's as he's travelling across the goal really quickly yeah, because it, it's backwards. across yeah. the opposite side. Exactly. I, I think there's a there's an example here of. Um, uh, the street baller again. The, um, if I was a Fulham fan, I would be absolutely raving about Tete, who who sprinted from his own box and was the lad by the quarter yeah. flag putting the cross in, right? But um, Diaz had twenty meters on him, and he ran straight past him, and he ended up sixty meters away from goal while this lad was putting the cross in. At any point, he could have tracked him. He could have blocked him off, which is actually his job. He should have just blocked him off. Um, and he didn't, and he ended up with nobody nobody running with him at all. And another thing that I... I don't know me saying I would do this because that's crazy. Um, I'm not Jurgen Klopp. But one of the alternate um, tactical setups in this is that there's one striker. So if there's one striker you're playing against and there's one striker in the box, you make sure that you, the, um, one of the centre-backs is tasked with picking up the striker when he's in the box. 100%. 100%. And, and Matip had him when he was in the penalty area and he and, um, re, no, could over-read, I think, ran a, uh, across Trent and, um, and then Matip passed on Mitrovic and he should have just gone with him. And, I, and I, I'm not blaming Matip. That that would be a tactical con- um, consideration from from the boss. That's all. That's that's like that's how Liverpool was set up to do this. It wasn't Matic's fault, and he had a big run. I think 
I love Trent. I'm a huge defender of Trent. This wasn't Trent's fault. Trent still didn't do very well, but I don't think he could have done anything about it anyway. I don't think he jumped. I don't think he made himself as physical as he could. I still don't think it would have made any difference. Let's come on to the uh, the newness stuff then, because that half an hour was pretty impressive. Yep, let's do it. Um, Darth, do you want, can do you I can I can, can yeah. I just set up the the negative stuff right so you guys can run away with uh with the glory of the uh, magnificent human that he is. Um, I would like to punch him in the face when he is trying another backhill flick instead of just putting the ball in the fucking corner. <laughs> the first chance he got, it was an easy. It really wasn't a hard chance. And he had three meters to aim for. He was inside the the near post. He could have just taken it with a side foot into the bottom corner, and he'd have scored. He went for the glory of doing a little back flick, um, <laughs> and and he fucked it up. But you and, know what? And then he and then he fluked it the, the second time by literally missing it, and it got it got bobbled off the the other stri- uh, off the centre back onto his foot. Like that's size just one of my bugbears. I know, I know. It a thousand times. It's a fair bugbear. But what I love about it is the confidence. Like you know, he was struggling with confidence in his first game in the Prendies, right? But to now be attempting shit like this. On the first game of the season, just shows a big jump from where he was to what he's doing. And I, I, I know exactly I, what you're saying. And you, will, I like that. you know, what I mean, I like that. But you will, you will hear, you will, you would have remembered me saying the same stuff about Diaz. Stop not looking at the bloody ball when you make the pass. Yes. Make sure the pass goes to the person you fucking aim it for. Yeah, and you know so, what? So, so it's great that you're confident, right? If you, if the thing you you're attempting to do cockily goes in, that's brilliant. But if it doesn't, you're a twat. So this type of stuff at 2-3-0 is okay. When, it's, when you're losing, just tap it in, lad. Yeah, is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. But I do admire the confidence, for sure. Okay. I love it, in fact. Um, <laughs> Darth, your view on that. And also, um, you know, he, he had, I think, yeah, talk about the goal. Talk about a size already. I mean, you know, ruined it for us with the with the bubble. But yeah, um, Mo, it was nice. It was nice lead up. Uh, Matip into Milner into uh, Elliot. All very yeah, very nice. Yeah, you know? Elliot, yeah. Yeah. Well, even the Matip pass, like we, I was kill, I'll kill him later on, obviously. Because but but to get the goal. The, the the breaking of the lines from Matip was fantastic in this. So they, it was a proper mixed bag from him on the ball. Proper mixed bag. But he was involved in creating this goal. And then Milner's pass into first time into Elliot was wonderful. Elliot's pass uh, vision is beautiful. And then Mo, just he's just he's just awesome at finding the right pass into the space for a striker. And also the one thing that we lack in the box. Darth is someone running front post. Always, you see yeah. Divock running to the fucking front. Yeah. <laughs> right when Divock was the guy, but fucking <laughs> and probably never anywhere near anything. But this guy overtakes the number four. Their number four comes in front of him and then has the time to fucking do this as well. But you know, just tap it in next time. But yeah, I get size point. But still, there was something to admire about something that we don't yeah. see often. I, I, you know. I, 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 the thing I like. 
about him uh, is about. I'm not going to get into involved any of the confidence debates or any of the um, the, the the quality of his of his of his shooting or anything like that. The fact that he he gets in the box and he cre- he creates absolute mayhem and he gets in the box at an extraordinary rate. Right? He had, mo- he had he had the most penalty box touches in the team. He had eight in this match. He was only on the pitch for 42 minutes. And he had, he had and he had four shots. Um, and just in, and including the 43, 37 minutes he played against Man City, he's had yeah, eight shots, eight shots in the box in eighty-two minutes, or and six big chances and two goals. Glorious stats. So, <laughs> right. So I don't really care about all the other stuff, right? If he can get in the when he when he start if you can get somebody getting eight shots per ninety, which is not going to sustain, by the way, you know. But if you can get somebody doing that and creating and getting so many touches inside the opposition box, plus he's won a pen, right? Plus he created a chance for Diaz in this match with that good headed layoff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he um, and he and he, and he he got technically got an assist for the Salah goal. Um, so you know he just makes stuff happen. It's absolute chaos. Uh, who, who, who was it uh, who, on the one of the pods used the phrase "agent of chaos"? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. I, I don't know if it was Harry or. or I think or, or... Dave Diaz calls him the big shagger. It's beautiful, <laughs> honestly. It just fucking just. It's just fucks um, things up. He yeah, just goes in and just so that, that's it. You know, if if you if you know if you can get yeah. into these positions, we've been we 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 struggled so. Much all we'd be like uh, all match the first fifty three minutes we'd be like the tide crashing upon the rocks of the Fulham defence and then he has three shots in a six yard box in five minutes. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. And also Dan, and and this is the key. We all remember Gerrard's like eight shots against Chelsea in that second half, all outside the box. There's a difference between eight shots and eight in shots where you've where you've yeah. had six. And most of them are in the six yard box. And that was the biggest thing we were saying for Mo, right? We wanted Mo to have these shots because he's he was playing out wide towards the second half of the season and stuff. And even Mane wasn't getting many, and Bobby's never there. And this guy comes in eighty minutes. Is that eight? Right, there's a really good start that Beast posted on TTT the other day, and this is in contrast to what Nunes has done. Unbelievable. Liverpool starting central central forwards managed fifteen shots in uh, the six yard box last season. All season. Jota had eight, Mane four, Bobby three. We know about Jota's shot location map. It's it's a thing of beauty. Nunes is creating something of a different level now. That is, you can't, 15 shots all season and then Nunes has three within 10 minutes. You can, yeah, it's hard to explain if he carries it's on. It's hard not level. to get excited as well. If, if he carries on at that level, which he's not going to, but even if he has two a game inside the six-yard box, because we've got such good creators and passers of the ball, which we have, not particularly in this game in the first hour, but we have, and then Moore's doing that because he's getting the space because they're watching Nunes. It's it's really exciting, even though we've, we're, we're coming off the back of a 2-2 draw with a promoter side. It's Rhodesy's got to start at Anfield. He's got in to terms start of, in terms he's going to get so many chances at Anfield. Yeah. You you would be excited as as one of the Liverpool post match anal- analysts. So yeah, it's wow. honestly watching the game back from when he t- came on was so much. It was such a pleasant watch. Such a shame that we just made a mistake. You know, we this like I said, it's going back to two thousand six seventeen. We our mistakes cost us in this simple. You know, yeah, we made a mistake. Can you? 
Go on, Sai. Uh, I was going to say, you're like Darwin. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. He's, I think it's going to be amazing. You might be right. And I was completely wrong about the number because I expected Bobby to be better. Um, but It's only one I, game. Go, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But go back to the beginning of what we were talking about tactically. The problem tactically um, with this game and how we didn't solve a problem um, and look at all of the chances that we created, right? So we missed Diaz's in the first half, which was the one time he was outside the fullback and he ran at the fullback and slammed the bar. Yeah. yeah. So he was oh. coming from outside the and fullback. And there was the offside goal as well from him as well. That was it. Yeah. And if you look at, you're talking about the, uh, about uh, Darwin, but they were both from the uh, t- the shots in the uh, six-yard box that are from low crosses. From mm. where? They were, we were getting wide into the hot zone. And, yes. like, we weren't attempting to get wide into those zones. It's not like on the touchline. It's, it's a matter of getting the ball into either some space or you get isolated coming from wide to narrow. And once we figured a way of getting the ball into those zones, it created everything. Yeah, we only had Robos in the first half that he fluffed, guys, that he really smashed across the goal, which he should have maybe side-footed and we would have had a, a, a Diaz tapping. But that was the only one side that we had in the first half where we got someone in space in the box to, to cross it in. Which came you're from right. a Trent switch. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, 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 that was it. Apart from that, it was almost... Isn't it, because, isn't it because Nunes is doing something completely opposite to what Firmino was doing or not doing? Because if 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 Fulham's defence can control the game by nullifying Firmino, whereas Nunes comes on and then causing havoc in his in his a very special way that he seems to do it, and then he, and then there's a space for then there's a space for um, Salah, but that space from Salah comes from really good fed balls from Elliot or Milner, which Henderson wasn't doing. Henderson drops back into the six and then you've got Helen. And it's, it was like it came together after that. For sure. But we, we, we talk about spacing all the time, right? And the goddamn half space and the right, whatever, the, the, how people talk about positioning. All spaces aren't equal. All people filling those spaces aren't equal, right? So in the first half, we had Trent filling in as a centre forward. And very often, I think there may be five occasions where our front line had the had had our forwards in in that five man front line um, with decent spacing, and the three most forward players of that front line were Diaz, kind of on the left ish, Henderson as the centre forward, and Trent as the inside for, as the right side forward. So, are defenders going to be are, are they equal to having? Um, uh, Diaz, Darwin, and Mo as those three forwards. Does it make the defenders behave similarly? Like literally having getting those threats in those positions, and if you can rotate them in and out of those positions, even better. But if you're getting them in those positions, it causes uh, both uncertainty, but but it's also uh, it causes a pressure point. For sure. you, you have to have these. You can't like this. I, I don't want to see. It's not it's not that I don't want to see Jordan Henderson to the box. That's not the thing you, you were talking about right at the beginning about him positioning where in, in 13, 14, he, he did the third man run of a 10 of a 10 perfectly well. 
and he was a threat and he created carnage in the box because he was running from deep into ago, the box. Great, a lifetime ago. But no, my point is not that he can't do it. I, I don't want him in the team, but he, he, it's there. It's different from him standing with the centre-backs. Darwin standing with the centre-backs. They are shitting themselves because he's going to run in behind them. And he's going to yep. run really quickly. Or he's going to out-muscle them. So it completely changes that. You're right. It, it gives us such an, a, a great option and predictability as well. So if they're high up, he's got pace. If they're, if they're, if they're going to be deep like they were, he's going to punish them there too or at least worry them. And um, it, gives our, it gives our creative players like Mo and Robbo, if it's Simikas, um, if Thiago was playing, Naby comes on. Naby's going to love him, you know? And then, and then Trent, obviously the key guy. It's just, it, it, they're going to have a field day. They're going to have a field day. So I can't wait for the first game at Anfield. I hope he starts. It and could the, be a glut. And this is also the, the, the key thing that Dan just said about, um, about teams having now two, three months of footage on Diaz. They haven't got that footage of Nunes playing for us. So now is the time to exploit it before they do. Yeah, and also, Rosie, when 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 um, you can mix it when you mix it up now, if you do go back to four three three with false nine, it has more impact because you know we we we've got the Swiss Army knife. We've got more than one way to hurt a team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can Bobby I just um, Bobby can I just be Bobby might be better against if he's going to play. He might be better against some of the sides that are going to play out from the back. Yeah. Leeds might be an absolute monster against the sides who are going to. Yeah, Bobby, look. Bobby versus Leeds, Arsenal. Yeah, you know, the, you know the ones. Yeah, yeah, Leicester, yeah. Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not Spurs under Conte. Anyway, um, yeah, true. Just wanted to gags. Just wanted to give a shout out to um, uh, AI subscriber Sebastian Wickenberg. He might even be listening live, actually. Seb. Um, but yeah, he, he did. Um, he did a really good. Um, I retweeted it from the UP Twitter account um, earlier today. Um, he's basically got the FB ref data um, because it's by position where you can isolate when a player's been playing it as a DM rather than as a centre mid. And um, he basically he looked at Henderson over the last four seasons for when he's playing as a DM, his pass completion is 80th percentile amongst all other DMs. So in, and his completion rate there is 87 percent uh, from when he's playing as a DM. But when he's um, playing as a centre mid, his pass completion is only 35 percent. So he's only thirty-five. He's only thirty-fifth percentile compared to all other centimeters, and he's not even that creative as a centimeter compared to other centimeters. So yeah, there's a big drop there, um, and just in terms of the contrast of the two roles. So thank you for that, Sebastian. Nice one. And oh, actually, so last bit: the ten percent drop between his completion rates, eighty-seven percent as a DM and seventy-seven percent as a CM. Um, that's the worst of all players playing both positions. Yowks, yowzers. Oh, that might be the top five leagues or something. Ouch. So yeah, there's a there's a significant difference statistically to Henderson's numbers in the two positions. Here we go. And Lubo should put in the live show chat for anybody interested. So yes, very interesting. So Darth, I think, um, yeah, the penalty. Talk to me yeah. about the conceding. Obviously, I I put it on Matip, but Virgil didn't exactly cover himself in glory here. Normally, he just no. he cover he's on his feet. He doesn't go in. No, he, he guides them into Trent because Trent was yeah. right there. He would have guided him into Trent, blocked him out. But this time, 
Yeah. What did he do? He he just got yeah. He 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 basically he got done, didn't he? So um, yeah, and he they thought he forced a small mistake, didn't he? So um, um, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good defensively. Um, I mean, my my concern was straight away. Uh, I got about four people messaging me on Twitter telling me thank you very much for my preview show last week, Gags. <laughs> Well, I said one of the things that's going to go wrong for us this season is that we're going to we're going to have some bad calls on VAR overturns, and we're going to have um, we're going to concede penalties. And we had both in game one, so sorry about that. I said the only absolute regression would be that we would concede a penalty. Nice one. But, but the, just just on the VAR overturns, right? That is exactly the kind of thing I was talking about, though, because um, that Andy Madley decision, right? If he hadn't have given the pen, it wouldn't have been overturned by VAR. Right, if he did give the pen, it wasn't overturned by VAR. Whatever he gave, it wasn't going to be overturned, um, because the, the contact was marginal, wasn't it? But I'm going to say, look, last last year we did get those negative decisions overturned, and we were one of the best teams in the league. So I was, there was a little concern of mine. I don't, we, as we said, we don't know how these things work overall, but yeah, I just don't want this to become a thing. Oh, we're we're in ten games in, and we're saying yet another. We've had three or four. Shitty VAR calls, which haven't been overturned, and that kind of stuff. Anyway, so let's go on. To, is it so? Obviously, uh, sorry. Any, any. We should get side to talk about Van Dyke, you know, because yeah. you know it wasn't great, was it? Say, I know you said um, Mitrovic flopped, belly flopped. I think you said on Twitter. Wait, do you know what? It's a, it's a little bit like the goal with Trent that it was the worst version of Virgil. It still wasn't a foul. That's as simply as I would put it. It's, it wasn't a foul. Uh, and under the rules of this season, definitely not a penalty. Yeah, the high bar thing should have been applied, shouldn't it? The level of physicality in, yeah. involved, that doesn't count. That without a shadow of a doubt, there was contact of one knee on the other knee, but it was already mid dive. And the way the, the way I would uh, I would task the referee to to uh, think about this is would Mitrovic have been on the floor if if when he looked at the ball it wasn't already at Trent's feet? That's the only reason it was penalty because Trent was there. Yeah, Trent had already got the ball, which which <laughs> means that Virgil should have known this and not made the challenge. In the first place yeah i know he pulled out of the challenge but he he actually virgil it happens maybe three times a season it's never inside the box where he is unbalanced and makes uh, a bad judgment call and the bad judgment call was to send him to his send him that way and i'm going to make a tackle here and then he decided he made the right choice decided not to but by that stage it was too late he already put his leg out for Mitrovic to fall over, but it was never. It shouldn't be a penalty. But no. once it's given, you can't overturn it. Are we agreed on that? No. Because why can't you overturn? No. Stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. It should be overturned if you. But they are the rules. He's right. Dan's right. It, should, it can't be overturned. Yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a shitty VAR call, and um, we were on the wrong end of it. I'm afraid, and it was a. Um, as we as we said on the preview pod, when you get shitty VAR calls, they nearly always impact the match result. Yeah, exactly. And then and then we go across the other side and we get the best assist in the world ever 
I don't even know how that happened. What did it happen? How did it? How did it work, Gags? You tell me. <laughs> he, he, he he just didn't expect it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he expected the ball to come through because I think he gets a flick from Reem, is it, on the way in, and um, yeah, and, and that's what throws him off a little. So, but then he's trying to stop. Uh, he's not trying to shoot. He's trying to stop or something, and it just comes off his foot. Literally, he stops and stumbles, and it comes off his foot. Thank God Mo Salah is like the most reactive footballer ever, and he just taps it That's a switch feet as well. It's amazing how cookie does it. Yeah, he's, he, Mo's next level, man. I'm telling you, this season, he's going to be fucking next level. And um, everyone's going to be pointing to Nunes, but Mo is going to love it. He just looks like a different player to me. Just looks different, happier, and fucking ready to go. If if the right players are on the pitch that make the system suit Mo, I mean, I can't believe a fucking football club wouldn't do that. First off, we didn't. Second half, all of a sudden, Mo's in the game, and we we should be we should be thrashing them. If it wasn't for that pen, you know, we should be thrashing them. We would have honestly, they would have caved. But then, what happens next after that after that goal? And this is something that I think we haven't discussed. What the fuck happens that last 15 minutes? We don't have a shot, apart from hitting the bar. We don't create nothing, guys. What went on in that last 15 minutes, from 80 minutes on? What, what, you know? We just had a shot from Henderson, yeah? Yeah, what was going on there? It was like the... Um, I think they brought the, on the about... Euros, the ladies' Euros finals. They just wasted a time. They, they they were very good game management. Again, Dave mentioned this on the post-match raw. Their game management was brilliant. They were lying down. They were just taking yeah, yeah. take a throw in, bringing on subs at two-minute intervals that takes a minute and a half. It was, you know, we we like it when we do it. So yeah, absolutely. If that's the, if that's it's like if that's the explanation, just breaking the game up, then fair enough. We didn't do enough. Again, something that we need to look at because that last ten fifteen minutes, it should have been in a on stop, should have been it a should, siege. It should, yeah. You know, so it just wasn't the case. Um, Darth, any other discussion points you would like to go through? Um, no, Nunes only had two touches in the side the Fulham half in. Um, and none in the box um, after that um, in that last fifteen minutes. Mm. My, my, my only final discussion point would be for anyone who tracks different models. <laughs> some, okay. of the, some of the models in this game um, are absolutely off the scale. So fantasy football scout or Opta, as it is, um, had us at one point two, and then there were four other models it had us at two point three and above. And then you add stats bomb in between at about one point nine, and we've we discussed it in detail on the, on the in the group chat, Dan. Yeah. How does the, how does the first Nunes big chance go from a sixty percent chance on understat to a six percent chance for Opta? Yes, uh, this we're going to have to. I, I'm I'm um we're going to have to email some people at Opta here and just yeah, see if they respond and say um. Why? Why is the the first Nunes shot inside the box seven percent? You know, because remember on the preseason pro, on the analytics pod, we talked about Opta Vision, the new Opta 
um, XG model based off camera tracking data, so it knows the position of every player on the pitch when every shot is taken. And um, yeah, it's come up with seven percent for that. I just I don't know. Yeah, so the the range of values on um, um, Nunez's four shots was quite remarkable. Opta had Opta had him as a combined point six. Understat had him as one point seven. Um, Infogol one point five. FB ref point nine. And Y Scout point eight, and I know they're not easy because they're all close to goal, and there, you know, there's a lot of blocks involved and close to the ball contact. But that is a crazy range of values for four shots. So yeah, yeah, it it's um, it's it's definitely going to be one to watch this new Optivision model. It's sure. something to, something to track, and and like you say, Dan, you don't think that um, Fantasy Football Scout has the data from the Optivision rather than. Rather than no, old... that's been corrected. I think um, Old King Cole spotted that you know the stuff on the analyst website is per ninety, so that's why that uh, that works out. Richard Cole, Richard, Old Richard Old King Cole, King yeah, Old Richard King Cole. Cole, yeah. You start using Discord, Discord yeah, usernames of people that stats swear words. Yeah, flipping... yeah. You're gonna to need to talk about the injuries though, aren't you, Gags? Now, let's say about we, well, we've just injuries. something just popped up there from James Pierce. Um, Thiago facing up to six weeks out. With hamstring injury, Sai, your thoughts, and also how long does it take this boy to get back up to speed? Pierce can suck my balls. Um, what the hell, just, man? Can I just quickly go back to um, to what Darth was just saying, and I, with the XG stuff, I think the biggest uh, difference in that uh, what Dan was saying, the biggest difference in the models there is uh, one shot from Darwin, which is 0.58. Um, and it, and it wasn't, sh- it's only a shot on, on understat and it's not a shot on any of the other sites. Um, and so that's a massive value swing because mm. it, it was where uh, Hendo chipped it and he, it kind of, I'm not sure if he headed it to himself or it got got off the top of the centre-back and it dropped. Yeah. And then it ended up with a block shot, supposedly. And I don't think he ever had a shot off. Um, and I I think that's the biggest difference in the in all of the values. That, that um, was 0. 0.46. 0. 0.58 was the goal side, but you're right. 0. 0.46. Right, okay, yeah, 0. 0.46. So yeah. still a huge chance. Yeah, and I don't think it was, I don't think it was a chance. Uh, to go back to the injury thing... Um, uh, I don't think he or anybody else knows it wasn't a. It's the it's a grade one hamstring strain. Um, it's worst case scenario is six weeks. So the fear was it was a grade two and probably it was getting on between sixty and seventy percent tear, um, which is a serious hamstring injury, and that's up to eight. It's probably up to twelve weeks out. This is not that. This is the best case scenario of this. It was a, it was a hamstring twinge, and uh, they hope with massage and re- uh, rehab over the next couple of weeks that he'll be back to go in two or three weeks. The worst case scenario is six. And so you believe in a newspaper dickhead who wants people to click on his stuff because that's, can we just, can, that, that's how they work. Can we just talk rather whether it's two weeks, four weeks or six weeks, can we just talk about the injuries in the squad please Sai? Because you are remarkably blasé about our injuries. You said to, to, said to me and Gags that it's not a concern. Is that true? It's, Is it yeah, it's not. Well, the, the, the Thiago We're thing starting... is going to make me feel worse but all of the others I'm not worried about at all. They're, 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 it's, not a, it's not a trend of anything in particular. 
No, no, but not that. But you're saying the volume of injuries now, and the number of players who are injured. I, I honestly right. don't know. It's not. It's not. It's not worried yeah. to me because they're they're Sweet. minor injuries. The yeah. only one. The only ones I care ever cared about were were Jota and Cater. Cater wasn't injured. He was ill, and he's back. He's actually trained. He's trained you for three days in a row. He's fine. Uh, he's the least one I care about of the centre backs. He'll be fine. Wow. We've got three great centre backs. He's not a game changer. You told us on the we're starting the busiest schedule in history on August the 27th for two and a half months. Literally two games a week, Monday. And that's that's two. And centre back is the least intense position on the pitch. Okay. And he'll be back for most of it. Okay, so even though we've got seven players out injured or eight, depending on and, and, uh, that, so you've as really long as you get, okay, so you're still you're still. That's what I'm going on about. The... We, right, we don't, we've got we've got we've got. Uh, I even saw um, one of the journals said we had ten players out. It's just yeah. it's hyperbole. It's the stuff that that we hear all the time where Man United have got fifteen players injured and and their their own manager couldn't name eight of them because they're seventeen. So like, Simi, uh, Simi and Cater are back, yeah, definitely. Simi and Cater are already back in uh, back training. Yep. Yeah, okay. Great. So that's two. So it's Jota, Canate, DJ. Jota and Tiago and and Canate are really the three first teamers. Nobody loves DJ more than me, but I'm not I'm not faffing around here. That of the actual first teamers with real minutes, like yeah, they, they, these are these are first team rotation players. Yeah, and Ox is inconsequential in it at the end of the day. Ox was never Ox playing anyway. Nothing. No, yeah. Jesus. Well, when you played two games a week, for two months with five subs, you definitely would have got some. Anyway, that's just me. But so, are we going to get any of these players back before we in- embark on this intense, insane yes. schedule period? Okay. Almost all of them. Even Kanata, dude. No one's saying. I don't know what you guys think he's wrong with him. Well, no one's saying anything. He talked about like he's, he's, he's torn his lateral, collateral, uh, lateral posterior corner. Yeah, but there's no information out there, dude. What are we supposed to expect? So why are you thinking the worst? Because because when Liverpool do us. shit like this, they it fucking turns out to be the worst. That's I remember, why. I remember, I remember when Klopp, you're arguing Klopp, remember, over something you don't know about with me, no, who doesn't know anything about it, and you're taking the darkest of all angles, and I'm not. And so <laughs> I just remember when Klopp said that Henderson had a bruise and he was out for three months. <laughs> but they haven't said anything. Yeah, he lied. Yeah. Yeah. Or Henderson's a pussy. Why? You say why do you not trust them? Because they fucking lie. <laughs> Don't trust a liar. They all, and say always says this. Top lies. Yeah. The, op- the optimal position for a manager when you're talking about injuries is to make it look as bad as possible. You don't want to give opposition the the, the thought that oh the players coming back soon. You want to make you want to make it look as bad as possible, don't you? So, but yeah. bottom line is, bollocks. they're just bo- talking. They're just bullshitting. Bottom line is, side, you don't for for Palace and United, you don't say any issues. No, okay. that the, Tiago being injured. See, I'm I'm arguing for the light out of all of this, right? All of the people that are insane over over us not winning get me arguing with them. Where when fundamentally, I believe not winning against the dross is the worst possible thing that can happen for our season. So I, by principle, believe it was a terrible result. But the context of the season and it being the first game, okay. 
that that you can overcome this, right? The same with these injuries. People are going for the deepest, darkest version of what they think might happen. Not like because it's a list of things, but these aren't a list of terrible injuries. And these aren't a list of terrible injuries to any of our top eight players until after the game. We had one to our one to one of our top eight players. That's the we're devastating not... thing to me is that Thiago is going to be missing games, but he was always going to miss games that we, we have him down for 3000 minutes. That means he misses 2000 minutes. We always do as pads. <laughs> How many oh. minutes did he have last year? Two, six. Yeah. Oh. We always do his best pods gags when we drop points and uh, sidestepped up here because the, I think the overreaction is ridiculous. The underlying, if it was, if the underlying it was Jordan, Salah, right. Alison out for three months, I, I'm with you. But I think what Sai said at the start of the pod was the players that were injured, other than maybe Jota, none of them, none of them start, and none of I them out for a long term. I think I think we have to ex- uh, accept that Thiago's a luxury. And that this is this is the way it's going to be with him. Now he's going to no. Why do we have to have some story? Why do we have to create this little this this? Because the transfer window still open. He's he's he gets injured easily, doesn't he? Though before the seat, yeah, gags. Before the season, we had him down as between two thousand five hundred minutes and absolute data. Best case scenario is three thousand minutes. Nothing changed. That's what we'll probably still end up getting two and a half thousand. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's he's changed. Never been, he's, he's never played. He's never so. been thirty-eight league games in his career ever. Okay, he's never been that player. No, no, I know. Never, never. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I, but, I was gutted as you. I don't know if anybody loves Thiago, watching Thiago more than me, and and I'm here defending his performance compared to the things that you guys were saying. I just don't. I don't agree with you, and I'm still not in any way devastated by any of this. We've got, it's the best time of the season. If, if he's going to miss three or four weeks, these three or four weeks, these are the three or four weeks in the whole season to miss. If we're yeah. going to have an injury crisis, fucking do it now when we've got three games well, in three weeks. Yeah, 10, games between, 10 days between games or something. And then, yeah, you're right. No midweek games. I still hate it. <laughs> Don't care how much sense we make. <laughs> what a great line. I'm quoting that, Gags. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care how much sense you make, Sai. I still hate it. Right, okay. Darth, anything else to finish? Oh, brilliant. Can I guess, hilariously, the Eric Ten Hag honeymoon is over after one game. Anyway, yes, I, we have I did to enjoy. Laugh. I did enjoy that. It made me laugh on Sunday. Yeah, if they're, if they're our laugh. online fans weren't so, so fucking ridiculous, you could laugh at how ridiculous Man United fans are, couldn't you? Well, the fighting in the stands as well. That was just nuts. Anyway, who you know? Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Hopefully, can I drop one more one more uh, data bomb for this that contextualizes the stuff we've talked about with Henderson in this? Um, uh, building on what Seb says that um, uh, his possession control 
um, as an eight in the last two years, I went back to fill out, um, is nine put is minus nine point one as an eight, and it's minus two point two as a six. So it's still not very good as a six. Bloody yeah. awful as an eight. Yeah. Uh, and and compared to Tiago, which is nine point four five positive. And Fab for the most creative midfield player. Uh, Fab. Fab over the last over the last two years is just under three. So you want a six to be a, a negative. You want a six to be a, um, a zero, basically, or slightly positive, because you still want him. You don't want him to do anything risky and just get enough of the ball back and keep the game ticking over. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the reason why he shouldn't be playing the eight. You know, in the day. So, um, yeah. The, 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 those are damning at the end, mate. Those are damning numbers. And uh, I think, yeah, you've gone um, anti-hendo there. It's not a good way to end the pod for you, mate. Anyway. Um, <laughs> damn. Damn side did it. He, he crossed the line. Darth, he's joined you on the dark side, mate. You know? He's joined Dave. He's joined Dave, <laughs> joined Dave on the dark side. <laughs> Fucking hell, these anti-hendo fuckers. With absolute analysis. So it's... That's a square words. Top of the list, and yeah, adjust, adjust. But um, yeah, can't argue with the numbers, as you always, as everybody says, we can't argue with the numbers. Yeah. And then when you add the video on top, it was a shocker. And uh, I think the two, the two players, Bobby, um, Hendo, and then obviously everybody else who didn't have a great game either, on top, just made it uh, a not so good start. But some positives in there that we can take, and let's hope the big shagger. Um, starts next game and we'll see how much fun we have so yeah okay guys lots uh, there to contemplate and have fun with and take the piss with but um, it's a long long wait to the next game mm-hmm. so in between make sure you go listen to size fatigue index there's probably going to be an old school with a lot of shouting and um, not much sense we'll do that soon as well and uh, there's plenty of others uh, post-match. I think there'll be a, a special very, very special um, Moby on the spot, I think, this week. Fingers crossed. Uh, so that'll be a bit of fun. And uh, yeah, there's 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 loads going on. Make sure you keep uh, stay with us. Keep supporting us. Check out the sponsors that, that appear on um, Before the Pods as well, if you're listening for free. Please do please do um, go and support us like that as well. And that athletic uh, green stuff is pretty special shit, by the way. Honestly, I feel very good nearly two months in so make sure uh, you check that out as well but yeah apart from that have a great week thanks to the guys the a-team and uh, up the fucking reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.